everyone, and welcome to the Literacy Ladies podcast. Uh, my name's Michelle Witko. I'm a literacy lady in the city of Danbury, working with our finest primary students. And our other literacy lady is Dr. Shaw. Hi, Dr. Shaw. Hi there, Michelle. Today, it's really a fun topic because there's nothing kids like better than games. Oh, true. I love games. We were actually playing games today in kindergarten and first grade. There's a lot of good stuff to do with games. Um, So something when you work with primary students is everything kind of turns into a game. So it's very fun for kids to do practice. It's so important for our young learners because we want to make practice fun. So instead of just practicing our letters or our letter sounds, we turn them into a game of like kinesthetic alphabet. So instead of saying like, you probably learned it this way too, Darla, instead of saying A is for apple, apple, um, we do a kinesthetic alphabet. So we still say the A sound, but we do these hand gestures. So short A is actually, it looks like a baby crying. So it's Mm. ah, 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 but the kids get to do it. And it's like a game. The kids really like it. And they're still practicing their sounds. And they can play this game as a whole class going around. They can do it in partners, but it's just making practice fun. Also, we're practicing some other concepts. So when you're practicing things, even math, I know we're literacy ladies, but we do practice and play games and math, Um, but using dice and cards just to practice concepts. Also, it uses cooperation. Oh my goodness, we spend most of our day in kindergarten and first grade on cooperation. You take a turn, I take a turn. You do this, I do this. You may go first. Maybe it's even oral language saying, would you like to go first? Or may I? I go first, practicing those very important things. So games are very important for our young learners to make practice fun, practice concepts, and to practice cooperation. What's it like in upper grades, Darla? Oh, um, students need to be motivated. Uh, Motivation doesn't always come easily, but the best thing you can do is turn the most routine information into a game. And the one that I like the most is Jeopardy because we have to focus on inquiry learning. And with Jeopardy, you give them the answer and they have to come up with a question. And this certainly is not easy for them to do. So therefore, if you put on the board Henry Hudson, they would have to say, uh, the answer is Henry Hudson. The question is, who is the explorer that found the waterway between New York and New Jersey? That is so much more difficult, but they still like it. The one thing with games is we don't want to put anyone down. You know, we want to make it fun, and we don't make the competition so fierce that there's hurt feelings. I think, um, you know, we have to be um, very, very careful, too. One of the games that used to be so popular was what we call hangmen. And we still love to do find that letter, uh, put it in the space. Uh, That's great for perception, vocabulary, and so many things. But we just usually call it fill in the blank because it's politically not correct to do hangman. I know. That's what we used to call it in the old days, right? In in the old days. And I love any kind of scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can look for short days around the room. We can look for categories around the room. We can take a walk around the school. I've taken the kids to the mall and done various 
um, scavenger hunts at the mall. So tell me about some of your games. Oh, great. And you know what? I love that Jeopardy game. And just to say one thing, I like Jeopardy too, because it uses cooperation among the team. So if you have, say, three teams playing Jeopardy, they have to cooperate with each other, which is so important, even in the upper grades. But games in the lower grades, a lot of cooperation, taking turns, all of those skills um, we practice. And the kids like to do it. So one game that we like to play in uh, kindergarten, first, and even second grade is sight word bingo. So this is where you would have somebody call out the sight words, and you would have bingo cards, and the kids could um, look for the words on their bingo cards, and you can play different kinds of bingo. You could play three across, free space, full card, four corners. So it takes the same set of sight words, which is making practice fun, and you're going to be doing it in a bingo Bingo style. Yeah, and I think a game that's quite similar, they also like it can be done in pairs, half of the class, whatever is tic-tac-toe. Oh, and, I love tic-tac-toe. Right, and you can do the same type of thing with just pictures or phrases or just words or parts of words. And in fact, any game that's on television, um, any game that's a board game, anything that has cards, dice, wheels, or anything, you can turn that into a game. And for the better students that you need to challenge, I mean, they will come up with games for the class as a project that will just totally amaze you with the detail that they have gone into. Oh, that's great to know. You know what I'm thinking of, and you probably have seen it as you've been through uh, the schools, is that like those Candyland games right. where they have the ladders or even shoots and ladders. Um, companies now are making those with blends and digraphs and phonics skills, sight words. Um, I've even seen on the internet, I have never tried them, but I've seen like if you Google, you know, games for phonics. Um, some other games that come up that teachers could just print off and play maybe once or twice um, with a group of students to practice uh, that skill or that sound that they're working on. But the Candyland games are so much fun. Right, and teachers, you know, do not have to purchase or have the school even purchase so many of these games like Pictionary and Scategories and all. You take the content information and you just take the basic rules of the game, you modify them, you take a concept from social studies or science, the child has to try and draw it for the group, see how long it takes, or they have to select a category, roll a dice that has different letters, come up with a letter and see how many words with that letter they can come up in that particular category. Uh, one of the ones my older students love is Balderdash. The game costs like $37, and all you need is a dictionary. <laughs> you go through the dictionary, you find a difficult word no one would know, and you write down the answer, and then everyone tries to fool everyone. They don't know what it means, so they just write this definition, and then you read it to everyone. They get two points if they get the right definition from the dictionary, <laughs> but if somebody had a definition that everyone thought was right, and wasn't, they get double points. Uh -oh. So they're being creative, they're learning the format of the dictionary, and they're also learning the word that is a difficult word. Oh, so, I love that. I'm going to have to get Balderdash. I've heard of it. I've never played it before. Oh, but, it's the best. It's <laughs> but the I've best. been living in, in primary land, so 
<laughs> we'll have to get them ready for that. But something you're reminding me of, Darla, is you're right. You don't have to pay for these games. One of the games that we play so much in the primary grades is memory or concentration, it's also known as. But this is when you just have maybe you're playing memory with certain high-frequency words or sight words. You print out little cards, the, the. There's two cards. You put them down. Um, you can do rows of six, rows of eight, and have the kids look for the matching. And what's so important when they do memory game is that they say the words. So everybody uh, takes a turn, and you flip over a card, the. Oh, you flip over another card, when. Not a match. Flip them back over. The next person goes. You flip over when. You flip over when. You, you say when. You have a match. You get to keep that match. So that's a game that teachers can make or if they have sight word cards already and they can share with a neighbor or have a double set to play memory game. It's such a great game. The kids love it and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And even today we had indoor recess and guess what? The kids wanted to play memory game. Sure, that's great. It's extra practice with sight words or whatever um, you, you can put on the cards. Right. Um, and I think another area we haven't discussed too much are things like the Mad Libs and the Mazes and the Scramble Words. Mm -hmm. And um, those are on so many different levels. And the students learn so much. And even having a gaming center in the room uh, where they can go through a series of these will build skills. But I did talk a little bit about, um, you know, not overly challenging people. And I don't know if you remember the old spelling bee. And if you couldn't spell, you were out immediately. Oh, and you yeah. just sat there and you listened to these amazing people spell every word. And mm -hmm. I like to do group spelling bees. So I mix up good spellers with spellers that aren't quite as good. And then the whole group has to agree on the spelling. Mm -hmm. And so the groups that finally um, come up with the right spelling get points but they can only submit one word and they have to agree on that. And I find that so many of the poor spellers are learning from being part of a cooperative group in a cooperative spelling bee instead of being out there on their own. Oh, I like that. That's a great idea. So uh, one of the games that you could purchase, um, and this would be more for our second graders and our third graders, um, it comes in a, like a little yellow banana package. It's called Bananagrams. And this one, it has, it's almost like Scrabble. It has little tiles that have letters on it and you make words and you change words. It's a really fun game. It's called Bananagrams. And that would be for maybe some of your um, you know, first graders in the springtime or some second and third graders. Uh, it's a great game, and families can play this game, too. It doesn't have to just be at school. Right, and I like the word family. I think family should have a family game night. Oh, I love that. I mean, people are just watching so much television, using so much technology. The students would be learning so much from a family game night. And then if they could just, you know, bring those games in, right. share them, you know, even send different games home with different so that students would learn skills. Games are skill-based. They involve critical thinking. They involve yes. perception. Uh, they involve comprehension and understanding. They involve, as you said, communication, mm -hmm. leadership, and responsibility. You can't beat a good game. Great. So uh, for our listeners, we hope you had a great time listening to games. We encourage you to try games with your students, or if you don't have students in front of you yet, you could have a family game night of your own. Thanks for listening to Literacy Ladies, and we will see you soon.